think is it anything it, to do it, with a certain religion? Do you think? No, is it anything is it? like that? No, no, it's more to do no. with a kind of a drug, isn't it? It's a drug. Yeah, well, those that take it want to be ought to be ashamed well. of themselves. According to The Sun, there were thousands of empty ecstasy wrappers littering the floor of the 250-foot-long hangar. Drugs, sex, sensation. Some newspapers have called Acid House Music a sinister and evil cult which lures young people into drug-taking. The message is certainly getting across. The organisers kept the location secret until the very last moment, which was the main reason, according to the papers, why there were so few police here and they were unable to act. Drug-crazed kids, some as young as 12, boogied for eight hours yesterday at Britain's biggest ever ecstasy bash. The party took place here, infiltrated by reporters from the Mail and the Sun. There's, there's meant to be a drugs-related craze. What do you know about acid house music? It must affect the brain in some way. Unless it's just the music that does it. it. All knows? them lights flashing don't do you any good either, do it? Oh, <laughs> I wouldn't even go in the pub where them lights are. Oh, no, they drive no. you mad, they? Called. Hello, and welcome to the 88 podcast with yours truly, Wayne Anthony. On today's podcast, we've got some absolute legends. Uh, they did the, some of the biggest parties, illegal parties and legal parties in the history of Acid House. When we speak about Acid House and we speak about large scale events, the only few people that are really can, you can even discuss that even are on this topic are energy and sunrise. And today's show we've got, it's a real rare treat, I have to say as well, because we've got Jeremy Taylor and we've got Tintin, two of the iconic founders of energy. And so welcome to the show, lads. How you doing? Hi, Wayne. Thanks for having us. Hi, Wayne. Hey. So it's funny how time flies because... Yeah, I've known you boys for over 30 years now. It's crazy, isn't it? 32 years, probably. Yeah, you know, 32 years. Can you imagine, you know? And, you know, I remember I bumped into Tintin in a few places around the world uh, since those days. You know, we've parted in a couple of countries and, we, you know, we bump into each other on the lecture circuit. But the last time I saw you, Jeremy, was actually, remember you did that event at your house, the Nobleman and Winch's Ball, oh, 19, yes, yeah, 1995. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. that was a gas, you know. We came down, yeah. we all went to Angel Costumers. You know, yeah. me, t Tony, Tony had actually um, rented free limousines out for us all. And, yeah. you know, he put a few crates of champagne in the limousine and he's like, right, we're all going. But we all went to Angel Costumers. You remember that? Yeah, you know, I think that was on the invite. I said, you've got to go to Angel. I've done yeah. a deal with them. And, every, and yeah, I think Dave Roberts in his former yeah. Was, was was a sight yeah um, yeah it, it was because that's who came down me dave tony you know and the girl sarah king little sarah kai yeah. you know yeah. but i remember what a great night that was mate that was a great party everyone was dressed to the nine and i remember yeah. at one point i met a load of new york bankers and you know we we're all bit slightly worse for wear and i'd convinced them that you had some illegal elephants somewhere on the property yeah. for yeah. about a half an hour i had them going i was saying look come on should we go and get them should we go and get them yeah. and they were like sweet yeah yeah sweet sweet yeah, yeah let's go let's go <laughs> so in the end it, all the girls butted in they're like no no but um but but i guess so go so your experience jeremy 
I guess came from, you know, gate crash or ball and staging all those events. I mean, at what point did you decide to, to go from gate crash or ball? I mean, I know, don't get me wrong. I know Davenport went and had a, you know, you know, <laughs> a bit yeah. of porridge. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, was that no, a deciding it, factor? It, or? It, was, it was a very clear thing. So uh, I, I was on holiday in South of France uh, uh, with, with Tintin and uh, he was telling me all about Sherman and the, this, this whole uh, sort of acid house thing going on. It was really underground. It was like a few hundred people. And uh, then I got, got back from this holiday and uh, my business partner, Eddie Davenport, uh, with the gate crash balls, had run off with all the money. Uh, <laughs> so I turned around to Tintin and said, well, tell me about, more about these raves. Um, and, you know, let, let, let's do one together. Um, so, uh, so we went about doing our first, first one and actually our first one was actually fully legal. It was in, at the Brixton Academy called Hypnosis. Um, and I think we paid Paul Oakenfold 500 quid or something to play, which I remember at the time yeah. thinking that's a, a lot at that time. Yeah. I did. I bumped into him years later and told him, I thought it was a huge amount of money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause he's like, you know, I'm a million pound now, don't you? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, so th that, that was the point that I got involved and uh, Tintin was very much right. If we're going to do this, we're going to do it properly. You know, we can't have sound systems like you used to have at the gate crash balls. Uh, <laughs> it got to be a whole different level. Mm. And, uh, and so off we went on this sort of mad magical tour, not having no idea what was going to happen. So, uh, sure. yeah, no, quite, and and this and and I should mm. point out to everybody that where a lot of us we you know we indulge fully indulged in that counterculture, you are completely free of drugs, so you actually experiencing you were actually experiencing the real euphoria of that wave because you wasn't on drugs, so you was experiencing the true essence of it. Uh, yes, so, uh, I mean through the whole thing, you know, I've never taken an ecstasy pill in my life. Uh, and you know, it's uh, insane. I, I never and, knew that. And I don't know quite sort of what stopped me. Uh, there was no sort of moral thing about it. It was just, um, you know, I, I, I just enjoyed the, the whole organization and, and, and got my buzz from seeing people you know, standing on the stage and looking at all these yeah. people, with their hand in the air and just big smiles on their face. That yeah. was enough for me. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I remember was, that about you for sure. Yeah, and I was, and, and you yeah, know, I always thought maybe it's a good idea if there's, there's a, one sober person in the room. Um, uh, <laughs> to be honest, yeah. yeah. If, <laughs> if Jeremy had been uh, partying like I was partying, I don't think we would have actually had a company. So. Yeah, <laughs> and this is the thing. There, there's that balance. There's that yin yang, yeah. isn't it? You know, and and so for you, Tintin, yeah. So how did you come about, Shulman? Well, I, I, you know, I was. I was very active um, in the London party scene. Um, I was going clubbing from the age of, you know, 15. I was going to places like um, Camden Palace and the, uh, you know, sort of a lot of the kind of electro and, and rare groove and yeah, all, yeah. All parties happening around around London. And um, and just so people know, I mean, you were 15. What what year was that? Because this is not 88, is it? We don't yeah, want to think you... When, I, when I started energy in 88, I was only 18. Right, okay, yeah. Okay, so 15 was, really was a few years earlier. Yeah. So is that electro, electric ballroom and... 
Yeah, let, uh, Electric Ballroom. What was the place yeah. um, uh, opposite the Ritz? Um, oh, I can't remember. What about Lyceum and Lyceum and... Yeah, but and then I went from there to all the kind of, you know, the WAGs and the, and the mud clubs and yeah. uh, all the, uh, the kind of Chelsea uh, stuff, Crazy Larry's, all the... Rock all the trendy stuff, stuff. yeah. Westworld, Westworld, Enter the Dragon. I mean, literally, I yeah, was out. Enter the Dragon, Westworld. Yeah, I was out every single night of the week. Sure, every single night. And and that was the thing. I mean, um, the whole Westworld. They they set a bit of a. Uh, well, they were actually they were actually the inspiration I took for production I, I, energy. I see that. I, I see. I, that. Yeah. You know, I'd been to those really really well produced parties that um, John. Sure done um and i want and, and I, ground ball I, wasn't it I want, and ground ball yeah and jock Holman, yeah um uh and i was also quite kind of close to those people and a lot of people that you know were in that scene and sure. that was the kind of scale of events that we wanted to put on as energy for sure because uh, i've got a lot because they they really went they were totally detailed i mean i've still got a lot of the stickers amazing amazing you remember amazing. they were doing different really different stickers different, yeah um obviously they were doing parties at places like the academy yeah uh, it was a bit of a different scene because of, it was. Yeah, right it was different. It was yeah. right at the beginning of Acid House. I remember one Westworld. I think they had, you know, upstairs they had, they had a few DJs playing Acid House, but downstairs yeah. it was very much the red. Well, it was group. trendy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the crowd itself, it was a super trendy was crowd, perfect. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very yeah. much kind of you know West London, um, West End crowd, um, similar to sort of the crowd that you got with Philip Salon's parties. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was a it was that. That period of London clubbing was a really amazing time, actually, between, sure. you know, 80, 86 and 88, actually, was really special, that build-up to Acid Yeah, House. yeah, and, and I mean, That's the pop scene the was massive, yeah. It, yeah, it was being played in the clubs, but it was being played every third or fourth record by, you know, uh, Noel Watson maybe would, would throw a couple of Acid House records in his sets. He used to play for West, Westworld as well, as well as Delirium. Sure. Uh, so, yeah, so I was very much in the scene. And then I kind of stumbled into, a, 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 you know, I, I ended up going to Hedonism. Um, yeah, Warehouse Party. Warehouse Party somewhere in West London, right at the beginning of 1988. And that just kind of blew my head off, really. And then I was just completely converted, acid house convert. And I was, you know, I'd go to everything. So Clink Street and Sherman. Yeah. And, and I guess that really set the pattern because that was like the business model. So you, you, you've seen Westworld. You've seen how Graham Ball does it, you know, then you've gone to, you, you know, you're at Brixton Academy, so you kind of know the format of Brixton Academy, but then you go to this really gritty warehouse and it's like, that's really what, you know, brought you over. So to that the was the side. energy, right? Yeah. That was, that was where the energy came from. Dance floor, smoke, strobes. Yeah. Yeah. Banging acid and house, proper acid house. Like, and it wasn't, there wasn't any fluffy music going on at that hedonism party. It was proper. Three sure acid um, and so and so then you were like mate i've got to get jeremy on this <laughs> <laughs> well well i was partying and then and you know jeremy and i went away on holiday together and we we spent a week together and i was kind of telling him about it and i think i was trying i think did we end up trying to like find an acid house party did we try to go to the cab or something like that and I don't remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I think we did. <laughs> and I think there might even be something going on down there. But but then when when uh, when we came back, um, when we arrived back, Jeremy had a driver at the time. Um, and when we came back, the driver his driver wasn't there to pick him up. And it was just like, oh, what's going on? And then Jeremy got back home, and um, basically his safe had been emptied. Um, oh wow! His office and and uh, and Eddie had basically totally ripped him off. Um, wow! And then it was kind of natural that. You know, I was like, 
Dude, forget I, about I've him. Got a bit, yeah. I've got a creative sense of how this should work, and I've got contacts, and I know some DJs. And of course, you know, you're business savvy. You organize this because I'm not capable. Um, and, yeah, and yeah. It worked, you know. It, I, did, work. I, it I, did work. I handled the creative, and Jeremy handled the organization. It was, really. it was a perfect combination. So, so the hypnosis then. So that was your first. You thought, okay, we'll do the Brixton Academy. Yeah. Yeah. Quite a big thing to do first. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you know, it wasn't a because massive Brixton success, Academy. I mean, two and a half thousand people, yeah. didn't we, Jay? No, well, no, I think it, well, its capacity is about four thousand. I think we were sort of three. No, we we, we did pretty well. Three thousand, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I and I remember every single night I would go to like ten different clubs, still in my suit. I remember. Out I remember. Raving so all these raves coming out all sweaty and I, I'd be handing them in my pinstripe suit, handing them a, a flyer for hypnosis. And, you know, literally just, just did this every six, seven nights a week. And Excellent. You know, I remember you, mate. Promoting. And, uh, well, that's what I tell people, you know, they don't realise that how in the early days, I always say that Jeremy and Tintin were in the trenches in the early days, mate. You know, they were kicking off doors, you know, alongside us a lot, you know, and they were doing, they put you, they put the work in, you know, it wasn't like they ever, because people seem to think, you know, people outside of the scene seem to think if you throw a load of money at something, it's then a, it's just going to miraculously organ, create itself. You know, it still needs to, like you said, uh, Tintin, there still needs to be a creative element to it and it does need to be organized. So from going from having done no parties apart from the you know the the, the parties the gate crash of ball to Brixton Academy I mean that was a big leap you know yeah. and hypnosis how, how'd you come around on the hypnosis name I can't remember I, can, I can't even fly I can't even find one of the old flyers for it my one missing sure. flyer <laughs> uh, I hate when that happens. They're, selling, I got a few they're selling on eBay for about hundred quid, I think. They are. Yeah. This they're insane money. I I, I often well, get I just, people. They send me flyers that are for sale on eBay. They've gone for over two hundred pound, and and they say, oh, you know, is this a fake one? Is it not a fake one? And yeah, because some of the Genesis uh, um, invite uh, flyers are, are some of the most valuable because they're because they're insane. rare. Right? Well, that was rare because we when we did our printing. I mean, you know yourself. I was thinking about this the other day. And I have mentioned this elsewhere. The first parties that we did, we you know, we'd do three hundred flyers max. You know, the last party we did, we did a, we did one hundred and fifty thousand flyers. I mean, you guys know all this stuff. We yeah. did one hundred and fifty thousand flyers, and we ran out of flyers two weeks before the event. Mm. <laughs> it's just insane, you know. We had to we had photocopy. You know what we're like. You know how resourceful we all are. You know. So yeah, we yeah. photocopied loads, mate. I mean, the printing guy, it, it, because because I think it was around a certain time of year where uh, they had too many jobs, and so they basically couldn't do any more. And so we ended up just photocopying thousands of bloody flyers. But uh, yeah, in those I, early I days, bought, I yeah. Bought a flyer, a flyer for Energetic uh, on eBay the other day because I realised I didn't didn't have one. Uh, so I found one and bought it. So I thought I've got to keep the collection. Uh, yeah. I got that and, and the rave game. Yeah, Remember yeah, that? yeah. Funny enough, yeah. The, the rave yeah. game, I had one of those about 15 years ago. Um, you know, Dave was working with the guy that did them or something. But yeah. all I know is Dave, he had a garage full of them, you know. And yeah. I, was, I said to him, you know, can I have a couple? And he gave me a couple. But I actually sold one for about, I think that was 500 quid. But I will tell you what, though, that, that game, that rave game, and for anyone that's listening that don't know, 
this was basically a board game that was created and they had flyers and these what they called you know these e-type things <laughs> ecstasists or something they called it yeah excellent jeremy's jeremy's gonna get it excellent look there it is look there it is <laughs> and this and this board game it was actually banned and there it is but that was worth 500 quid and it was about 10 years ago i sold it so it's wow. got to be worth a grand now but i'll tell you another little story about that rave game yeah when i got back from ireland i got a phone call from a uh, filmmaker gordon mason you know, remember gordon oh yeah 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 absolutely yeah so i get this phone call from gordon and he says he says wayne you know ken tappenden the you know the head of the police pay party unit i'm just saying yeah. this for people who don't know i know you guys know the head of the police pay party unit chief superintendent i, I said yeah he said you know the game rave I said yeah he said he challenged you to a game of rave you know you're up for it and i film it so i said yeah of course you know so he then called <clears throat> kenneth tappenden <laughs> said no wayne anthony he said yeah He's challenging to game of rave. I mean, I thought it was a, already a done deal, you know. So he says, yeah, I'll do it. He says, and do you want me to wear my uniform? <laughs> right? yeah. So I said, if he wears a uniform, I'll wear a smiley T-shirt and a bandana. I mean, I, I didn't even wear a bandana then, you know, but I'd, I'll wear a bandana. And so he and I had this game of rave. It's on film. Gordon has it on film. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're playing a game of rave. It's just insane. And bless him, because he's a really nice bloke, isn't he? I mean, I'm sure you guys have met him. Yeah, yeah, no, I've yeah. met him a number of times. Yeah, he turned into a really lovely fellow because once I saw that he was admitting the fault of the government in, you know, documentaries that he's appeared in later, I thought, yeah. well, he's quite fair, you know? Um, and so when I arrived, in fact, when I arrived to, to, to play this game with him, the first thing he said was, Hello, Wayne. The last time I saw you, you was running out the back door, climbing over fences with big black bags of money. <laughs> <laughs> and at the beginning of the game, bless him, right. he, he said to us, like, shall I let you win? Bless him. You know, I was like, no, Aww. mate, whoever wins, wins, you know, <laughs> I won. But, you know, but yeah, sorry, mate. I, 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 was I, at I a, went off. I was at a right. show in Birmingham at the NEC and this person walked past the stand that I was running and I looked at him and I thought, I try to recognise you. I looked at his badge, um, and it's grey and bright. No way, dude! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because because you had some dealings with them, didn't you as well? Yeah, 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 yeah. And and uh, anyway, I think he was sort of selling something. He wasn't he, not working for the government anymore. But uh, <laughs> he, he was very, he was very nice about everything. But uh, <laughs> oh, you pulled him over, yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> I'm Jeremy Taylor. Do you remember? He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. Oh, no, how funny is that, yeah. mate? That is funny. Yeah. And um, obviously, Paul Staines as well. He became like Guido Fawkes, is it, or something? Guido Fawkes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But um, but going back, so the hypnosis, it was a good night. You had a good night. Um, you, it's, it's hypnosis. And then I guess that, you know, you get back to your place or whatever. Um, and then what you decide you're going to carry on? Yeah, I think we decided to do a couple of magical mystery tours, both of <laughs> yeah. which got raided. And I think that the I remember them. 
Yeah, the second uh, of them, I think, Wayne, I think, you, didn't you get arrested or something? Or some, some, yeah. something happened. No, there was a police element to it. I didn't get arrested, yeah. but there was a police element to it. Yeah, yeah. And, and the owners. Cause, and cause, actually, yeah, yeah. And the, the venue we were, were had taken over is now the, uh, the Jaguar dealership. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, and the, and the thing about that actual venue, because I have to say that, like, the first time I ever met you guys, it was actually outside there, like 1988. And I, at that time, I hadn't really been to any warehouse parties where you had meeting points and you had someone yeah. standing on the corner. And it, mm. so it was the first time. So we came around the corner. There was this guy standing there, you know, like shummed out, you know, the shum uniform type thing. <laughs> and um, we didn't go and say anything Patrick. to him. Yeah, yeah, probably, you know. We didn't say anything to him and he didn't say anything to us. So we're thinking, is this where the party is? What? There's no cars. It's really, really quiet. And then someone said, no, you have to go and ask the guy. And so when we went and said, party? I said, party. It's like, yeah, yeah, mate. Blah, 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 blah. And then we met you guys. And then, and that was it, that magical mystery tour. Because it was all in buses. So yeah. we, we had to hire all these buses. That was and cool. Got the buses and off they went. And it was all filmed by uh, World in Action. And I love at the end of World in Action, they go, and we couldn't see any evidence of any drugs. Wow. And I was thinking, well, where were you the party hadn't started. <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah you're that like was the, 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 like the, the main investigative programme on yeah. TV at, at the time, and, and you couldn't see any sign of any drugs. <laughs> yeah, well, it's good to point that out, that World in Action, it, it was the premier news programme of the time, and, and they did a lot of investigative journalism, um, which is odd that they said that, because there is, and is that the one where they follow, because the thing about those early documentaries, is if you remember, they followed a lot of really young looking people, didn't they? Yeah. You know, like they looked like 15, 16 year olds. And, and you know, it's like, even though, like even with Genesis, even though it was Genesis and we were in a, a warehouse that we'd broken into, if I ever saw someone that looked like they shouldn't be there, looked too young, I always used to say, you've got to go, you know? And it, they'd be really surprised. Or even in the beginning, when we had Leaside Road and we were trying to keep it, you know, we were trying to keep the drug element of it, you know, low and, you know, the other elements of it, you know, on the table. And so if I saw someone just skinning up, because that was the thing, you know, if I saw someone skinning up a joint, just blatantly, you know, I would go up to them and say, hey, mate, what are you doing? You can't do that. And they'd be like, mate, it's an acid party. What are you talking about? But there was elements. We were trying to keep it low. And then, so... Sorry, because I'm just bloody rambling on now. <laughs> so you've done the hypnosis, and so you, you went back into the same venue, yeah? Uh, yeah, yeah. So we, we, we then tried two magical mystery tours, which both yeah, got yeah, yeah. cancelled. Yeah, yeah. And I think but for, can I just say about the magical mystery tours, though, yeah? Because I think that was quite an important time in the history of how things happened in London, you know, because... You did, Jeremy. Did you go to Spectrum and all those places, Land of Oz, apart from flying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 you were yeah, there. You were there. Yeah. Um, but this was those really early days. Like there wasn't a great many people doing warehouse parties in London, and so you yeah. guys, you decided that. So this you, is eighty. Yeah, this is eighty-eight. Yeah. Um, this is a long like eighty-eight. Time, sorry. So places yeah. like Plink Street and um, um, and and you know parties like Hedonism. Yeah, um, and then there were, that's what I mean. There's not many people doing it, you know. There's the club scene has kind of initiated. Sunrise started. You guys have started. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, okay. 
you know, okay, so it's a little bit on. Yeah, yeah, but I still think what, but that's still like five organisations. Oh yeah, no, there was nothing going. And the biggest parties were only a thousand people, right? Yeah, exactly. In the warehouse, they weren't they weren't getting. I mean, I think we had loads more in the Brixton Academy than than I remember any of the warehouse parties around then. I seem to remember the warehouse parties were were all usually about five hundred to maximum thousand people, right? Yeah, yeah. Did you have in your early ones? Yeah. It, it, it well yeah that hundreds to a few Hundred. thousand yeah, yeah yeah you know there wasn't that there wasn't a huge amount but they the, but they were the ones that actually really wanted to have it as well wasn't it you know yeah. it was like they wasn't the ones that would you know had read all the newspaper articles this was all before the newspaper articles there weren't no new no, exactly they were ignoring it yeah totally totally and it was only when you know some smart well i guess it was a political move anyway you know that they decided that they're really going to come down on it but before all of that so you've done the magical mystery tours and because yeah, also yeah, in yeah. search of space was doing the stuff then right that was the magical time, that was one of the magical mysteries yeah. okay yeah yeah patrick doing, yeah, he did yeah. in search of space yeah um because a lot of people kind of ignore patrick's contributions to this whole thing as well i mean we kind of we didn't fall out with him but we kind of said look we can't work for you anymore because <laughs> He just kind of took over Genesis, you know, <laughs> and yeah. while we were working, he'd be on the stage, you know, welcoming everybody and thanking everyone for coming. You know what he's like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. bless him. So we kind of said, look, mate, we can't have you around this. But he was around at that beginning. He was quite an important part of it as well, because the thing is, it like because like what I tell people, you guys are in the trenches and you actually need a bit of balls to do that because you could have easily gone to a club. You know, you put on, you put on a suit, go and blag the owner of a club. And, but you decided that you were actually going to go the gritty way, you know, and that yeah. was kicking off warehouse doors, yeah. you know. And a lot of people don't give you that credit, mate, you know, because I know you guys, you know. So how did the where? so the warehouse in Hackney then, how did that warehouse come around? Was that the magical mystery tour that got, that got closed down? Yeah, there were two. There were two events that got closed down. I think, and what one one was the one on the Westway, and the other was the one in Hackney. Yeah, it was in Hackney. Uh, yeah, we, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of that, we basically we had a load of people that had had tickets, and we landed up taking a random night, saying, "Look, you've got some tickets. Come to the Hippodrome on certain, a certain <laughs> night of the week." Uh, and because of me doing the gate crashables beforehand. Uh, Peter Stringfellow would you know, would let me use his venues, and I said, sure. Look, "I've got all these people with tickets. You've got an amazing sort of light system there and sound system. Uh, can can we all can they all come on a Thursday night?" And so all these ravers descend on a Thursday night. The Hippodrome did not know it what. Was, I think I was there as well, mate. Yeah, yeah. carnage. T- I think I was there. Thrown out, and it was like a party, and they were like. Oh my God! You know what? What are these? They're not spending any money at the bar, but you know. Uh, anyway, so that dealt with that, and then because we, everyone's drinking water, if that, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then we thought, right, okay, we're gonna I've literally we're, never we're, seen anything like it. Yeah, yeah. But then we thought, right, let's let's uh, yeah. let, let's reconfigure and work out what we're gonna do going forward. And so we decided to put on a Friday night club night. Um, yeah, which is that happened. bliss? which was Fun City. Fun so City, that, that, that was it. That started in April, and that was our sort of test bed for the raves. So we would get yeah. DJs in or acts in and, 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 and you know, uh, give them a chance there, see how they were there, and then sure. and then 
going forward to May, end of May. 89. But I should just point out about Fun City, Jeremy, you know, is that, um, you know, that was one of the early pivotal clubs as well. I remember Fun City. Where was it? Was it Shaftesbury's or something yeah, like that? Yeah, it started Shaftesbury Avenue. And I think yeah. the, it, was the first, it was the first, first, first club with a, with a late license. That's so what we, I'm saying. We, so you we, have we, to get we, that credit we, as well. Yeah. 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 Because and, I mean, and, and you because you were organised. You were organised before any of the party promoters. You know, you 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 had the first club. I mean, I'm not talking about the club promoters, your Danny's and stuff like that. I mean, in terms of whereas party promoters, you guys were in early with that club, and it was a great club. That's the thing about it. Everyone yeah. used to go. It was banged out, as you said. You had all the name DJs, and it was totally focused and centralized around acid house so how long ago how how many months did that go on for and you had a membership club as well didn't you yeah yeah so i mean that that started mm -hmm. in april 89 and pretty much ran the whole way through that yeah. year yeah uh, and then over the next couple of years it moved to busby's it, it was a bit at the park in kensington yeah but that was that was a long running night yeah yeah no, it, it was good and at busby's it was like a thousand people every friday um, yeah, I remember yeah. it well. I remember but, it well. It was a great night, mate. Good night. Yeah, Top yeah, night. No, it was. Yeah, yeah. Did you do Bliss as well? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was, so. our, that was yeah. our first club night. So Okay, Bliss was the yeah. first one then, yeah? Where was Bliss? Because I came to Bliss. Yeah, I remember it. Okay, because yeah. remember, I remember the flyer. Was it like a phoenix yeah, or something? Beautiful flyer. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful yeah. flyers. And again, that's that was one of the things um, that you your attention to detail because really, really early on, your flyers were, I would say your flyers were the best out of everyone's on the whole scene, because obviously they were unique. I mean, Sunrise, they had some nice flyers, but Sunrise flyers were based on other people's images, where you guys are actually having your own flyers designed. And, you know, so your flyers was amazing. So I remember the Bliss flyer with that Phoenix, beautiful flyers. Which was also UV and laminated, which nobody gone anywhere near i mean which, as, which, as, you know, people like westworld did really amazing flyer designs die cutting them yeah. and, but but actually the, nobody in the acid house i mean actually the spec the spectrum flyer was pretty awesome Shum flyer yeah was cool, but right? they're still different flyers though because yeah. <clears throat> sorry excuse me because what i remember about now you're saying it now i i, I can see it now I, you've triggered memories um so here you have you've got this flyer right this acid house flyer that lights up under UV. I mean, come on, yeah, yeah. mate. Yeah, I that think was we a great fly. Do a UV fly. That's a great fly, mate. Yeah. So, so they, so it was Bliss first, and then yeah. Fun City. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then you started. Obviously, you were doing started to do. So, just tell me, when did Energy come around? So, so Energy yeah. came around um, uh, from you know from when we started Fun City was really successful actually right from the beginning. I remember. We yeah. started working with uh, with with uh, Mark Holmes Hobbs, um, who was a um, graduate of Camberwell College um, Arts College. He basically came out having studied set design, um, and we started working with Anton Anton the Pirate, yeah. um, help us promote. Um, and so, did you come in into it together? With the energy was you, Jeremy, and a Anton. Anton was or? living with me. He was a friend of mine. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, we okay. bought we bought Anton in to help promote because he was you know such a such a face. Yeah, he's uh, a great publicist. Yeah. So, um, so Anton, you know, Jeremy and I were still the you know um, the backbone. Yeah. The the, the the backbone, the main shareholders in the company. And we bought Anton on um, on a on a smaller percentage to you know to be sure. a partner. Sure. Um, and and you did some amazing things together. I mean, yeah. Was Westway yeah, your first one? 
My sway was the first energy. So, um, I mean, Jeremy will probably be able to talk a little bit more about the organisation and how it came about, but the concept for energy was really... Um, it was a groundbreaking uh, event. Though. Created by, you yeah. know, by, 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 by myself, Anton, Hobbs, Jeremy. I remember. And just to give people some background. As a creative vision. So, so yeah. we really wanted to, to create something really, really special because we had this, we had this you know... Um, Tell us about it. You know, you're in this film studio and yeah. you can basically do what you want because there, there was props. You had loads of props. And, yeah, and so, I remember Tintin was like on top of some kind of massive columns like some greek coliseum type yeah. thing and yeah. so so um so obviously hobbs hobbs mark holmes was a was was you know he was a film set designer he was already working out of shepparton um working on films um we partied a lot together really good friends um and um you know kind of strategized this party with him um, gave him really, really a lot of creative um, control and freedom over over what he wanted to do. Um, he decided he wanted to build this temple. This acid mm, that temple was it. Yeah, that middle, was it. In, in the middle of the dance floor, and so so um, he created essentially a concept of 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 what was on the flyer ended up being in the main room. Wow! So the Again, flyer, the flyer have, was absolutely amazing. Kind of Roman Greco temple with kind of like you know light coming out of you you've got a futuristic mm. um cityscape behind and he pretty much just and the colors the colors were amazing as well recreated that in a, in a film studio so we, he built he built he did i remember it in the middle he painted all of the sides of the of film studio in this cityscape everything was uv i mean it was wow absolutely incredible for the at the time people walked into that it room. was stunning it was a groundbreaking they, event they just went you know, we had, you know, we had mirror balls in the middle and lasers bouncing on. I mean, it was, it was very, very well done. I remember uh, Anton was at one point on top of the Col Coliseum <laughs> and it was a huge thing, wasn't it? I mean, if he fell, you know, certain like, you know, you're going to break your neck. But I remember being on top and just dancing, going mad and lasers yeah. hitting him. It was, it was an amazing yeah, so, night. I, I, as I said to you earlier on, uh, annoyingly, we postponed the first energy by a week because sunrise were going on the same night and we took a decision it's our it's the first energy there's no point in going up against sure. sunrise who'd already been They're well established uh, so we postponed it by a week only trouble was i'd already arranged to go to america that week and i thought oh, it's fine i've got these business partners they, they can look after things uh, luckily my 16 year old sister uh, came up from boarding school uh, wow. that, uh, that night and she <laughs> she rang me in America just as she'd finished counting the money and said, wow. you, you've just thrown the best party ever. And uh, you had, you had, is, I and, say that, and, you know. And and she then added, it was lucky I was here because... Uh, lucky Tintin I was here, brother. Tintin is, you know, out, out there enjoying the party. Uh, uh, Anton, last time I saw him, he was looking into the laser, um, <laughs> and uh, and there's basically no one else. There's no, no one else. It was just anarchy. Uh, but don't worry, I've paid all the DJs. I've sorted everything out. Fantastic. Good on you, sis. Good I do remember her being bang on it on the night. Not not yeah. not bang on it like I was, but bang yeah. on it. Yeah. Because the thing is, there was thousands of people there. You, 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 you created up to that point. This was the definitely was the best production. We had we had as many people outside as we had inside. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, we were always lucky. What did we have inside? Five thousand. Yeah. Mate, it was it was a, it was an amazing night. I, I had an absolutely fantastic time. I always tell people we were talking about it earlier on. Number one, I think that was the best flyer of the period. Well, you do the best flyers, but that one particular flyer, the Westway Film Studio flyer, I think that's the best flyer of the period. And also that that for me, yeah, and yeah. that for me was the best party of the period. You know, and not just the period. That for me was the best party I've ever been. And I was, we were talking about it earlier with Jeremy. We were discussing it. And I was saying, well, I think it was all of this combination of all these things happening at once, you know? We're losing all our inhibitions. You know, we're, we were on a, a, a drug that impounded love. And, and just, you know, you couldn't escape feeling that way. You had this whole brand new scene happening around us. You had the new music, the new fashion. Everything was going on. And then at the center of it all, you had these epic events and what you did with uh, the, that particular event is that you showed that you could have a really high quality event, really high quality production, you know, really creative because it, I, I still think it was still probably the best event in terms of production, in terms of creativity, you know? I think, I think for its time, it yeah. still stands out now as being- Still stands it was, out now. It was very, it was, you know, it was completely different to anything that had happened up till then. And it, it was, was really experiential. And, yeah. and actually the way that Hobbs designed it, it wasn't just like really well produced. It was produced with the Acid House Raver in mind. It was produced to yeah. trick psychedelic experiences it was fun it, it wasn't was. it wasn't heavy psychedelic it was fun it was bright yeah no it was it, you could cope with it <laughs> yeah 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 it was, it it was, was, it was really it was a, it was a, an immersive experience yeah yeah and, and actually, the thing is actually, a lot of people didn't actually do anything similar for that for another 10 years well that's what i'm saying music production yeah that's what i'm saying no because certainly during the acid house period that two years no one i mean i don't know anyone who's done an event like that but definitely no and that's what i was saying to jeremy earlier is that you know you it's energy and sunrise in terms of organization and production are at the top of the chain but again you both yourselves and sunrise you both approached it in two different complete ways you know and with yourselves you guys are all about detail to sound you know detail to attention flyers i mean obviously sunrise that high production and I'm not knocking Hans because we've all worked with Hans, you know, but I don't think they were as focused on it as what you guys were. And although in later days, you know, they had the sunrise shop and all of this stuff. And I think that I, I, I'll tell you what, let's go back. Cause I was going to talk about being good publicist and Tony flipped into my mind there. But yeah. then I remembered um, Kilroy, Jeremy. Oh yes, yeah. <laughs> Was yeah. you on there as well, Tintin? Yeah. Oh yeah, so 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 Kilroy, because I, I was I was speaking about it to I did the podcast with Ian Mill, and uh, he was talking about you guys, and uh, we were talking about it, you know. And so, how did that come about? So Kil Kilroy, for those who who don't know or might not know, is it was the most popular morning chat show on British TV, and this was at a time in in television where. We only had four, was it four channels? Or I think, I don't know if Channel 5 four. had come out at this point. Oh, no, 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 Channel 5 was much later. Yeah, so we, we only had four TV channels, folks. <laughs> yeah. and, and Kilroy was the most popular chat show host on TV, uh, morning chat show host. And 
on one show they had an acid house show and then they had Jeremy and Tintin and Tony and Jarvis but tell us a little bit about that because that must have been a bit bizarre yeah, yeah. so it, we, it, it had uh, Ken Tappenden the, the yeah and Kenneth yeah acid house party squad he, he, yeah. he, he was on it um graham bright was on it and then you had some other policemen on it and then you had that's right graham bright was on it yeah yeah you had the, the housewife that didn't like the rays going on in their backyard so you had <laughs> that's the, right and you had the old girl because the yeah. way the studio was split up yeah. is that you had half of them were like middle england yeah and yeah. then the and other then half were these ravers and then and, and at the front were these you know, evil acid house party promoters. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and of course, we had a massive night the night before in the hotel room. Of course. Well, I was thinking that because I was thinking, <laughs> okay, Jeremy, we know that Jeremy doesn't indulge, but I was thinking for you, Tintin. We had a lot of champagne, I think, didn't we, Jeremy? Oh, yeah, no, I think. Oh, did you have a bit of a piss up? I ended up in the bath with your girlfriend, yeah. I seem to remember. Yeah, yeah, I think. Uh, were... Okay, you had a bit of a piss up. That's good. That's <laughs> good. Well, that I said that's good. Pam but... <laughs> was with us, no? Uh, yeah, I think that was a different one. I think that oh, was a, a different one. Yeah, that was a different. Yeah, it was another very similar what show. Was that? Up, that was up in Leeds or somewhere random like that. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, actually, I remember that one. Or was it yeah. Manchester or something? I do. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. do remember another one in some type of live studio. Yeah. Was it like Tony Wilson? It might have been, but but that yeah. particular show, the Kilroy chat show. I mean, I mean the Kilroy one. He, he was. <laughs> I mean, Kilroy was great because he, he he just wanted to wind the situation up and yeah and. Because wasn't he did, wasn't he formerly a Conservative MP or was or was that come later? Yeah, he was definitely. Uh, he was. Formerly yeah, I think he. I think he was a former Conservative Conservative MP. So he came yeah. with it with that brush. Yeah. You know? But but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, so he, he tried to wind the situation up to sort of get us all, all going against each other, which he was always brilliant at doing. Um, sure. And and you know, I I said, look, uh, I'm trying to do these parties legally. I try to get a, a license, but whatever we do, we, we get stopped at every level. So we land up having to do them illegally. And after, after the show went out, my solicitor rang me up and said, you can't do shows like that. I'm trying to defend you for the <laughs> party you put on and you're going on live TV and admitting to everything that I'm trying to defend you for. So, uh, you know, it's it, it sort of- And you were suited and booted as well? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're in your, your iconic uniform, you know. Everybody, <laughs> you know, you, you knew. Ah, oh, it's Jeremy. It's all right, it's Jeremy. You know, there, yeah. there's a policeman coming. No, 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 it's Jeremy. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, going back to the raid. So uh, after after the first one at uh, Westway Film, wow, Chief, yeah, we tried the, the the next one we put on because you must have been on a great hype from that. It was yeah, like yeah, wow, no, you've just done the best party in the UK. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, because so, there was some uh, sorry to keep um, that's right. in, but there were some certain benchmarks, right? And like what you said, like the hedonism warehouse party, you know, it was a benchmark, you know. Mm -hmm. And so the event that you've just done, you know, you've just set another benchmark. So that night it must be like wow, you know. Yeah, and no, it felt pretty amazing. After yeah. This. For a long yeah, time dude. Yeah. I mean, even now when I think about it, it kind of gives me goosebumps. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It gives me goosebumps just remembering being there. But yeah, go on, Jeremy. So then the next step is so, like, right, because so Jeremy's yeah. all business, isn't he? Jeremy's like, right, next one. <laughs> yeah, we we'd on. found uh, we'd found a venue further down the M4, you know, big, big uh, disused warehouse, and um, Hobbs had gone and built this amazing. He'd built like a 
third size, uh, third the size of the of, of Stonehenge he'd built wow. in this warehouse. Wow! Uh, and we're so always always and 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 basically it got it got raided before we could get going which so, is always a nightmare uh yeah yeah so so uh that that one didn't happen you still here yeah yeah we can still hear you oh no no not you sorry oh, yeah yeah <laughs> so so that that one didn't happen so we then uh went two weeks later uh at heston service station uh which yeah. was uh, an incredible event it's it yeah. now the, the the warehouse that we did it in is now the boeing spare parts warehouse wow um and i i've been back there since because i did an interview out, outside it and they cool. were a bit funny about me outside but that yeah that's happened help. to me because <laughs> the the um it, basically we've got 100 people in the venue with the people sort of just finishing off the getting the sound system ready and the police turn up and they go, oh, what are you doing? And uh, I've got like a little video camera. Oh, we're filming a documentary and you know, came up with all this Good rubbish. Um, that was the classic. And, and, and they went away and think, oh, I think we got away with that. And then suddenly you start to see police cars arrive. So, uh, and they blocked the exit from the M4 and all these wow. cars were going, actually stuff that, we'll just park on the, uh, on the hard shoulder of the M4 and, uh, and, and jump over. I remember over. this. And, and literally the whole yeah, and it delayed flights to Heathrow and all yeah. Heathrow. But wasn't that the one, yeah, <laughs> where they um they they had all those tow trucks? Yeah, yeah, yeah I think there was, they there was one trucks. of them. There was one of them where they made someone do that. It was like it was you guys or it was Sunrise, but they and they made everyone park on the thing. And then there was an announcement saying, oh, you know, there's loads of tow trucks out there. And there was about thirty tow trucks. You know, those local dudes and their little tow yeah, trucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, they were just towing cars away, just towing them away. Of off course. The well, well, people were just parking on the hard shoulder of the M4. Yeah. I remember the hard shoulder, hard shoulder on the other side as well, and running across the M4. So we oh, closed no. the M4. We yeah. closed Heathrow Airport. You closed uh, Heathrow Airport. Yeah, because this was right by the junction. Wow, dude. Um, and, and because the police, they closed, they closed all of the approach roads. And sure. so people would just park up wherever they could and run. So there were yeah. people running across the M4, clambering over the estate in front of it to get in. Yeah, not a good look. At least, um, you know, it was a bit of a siege inside after, you know, because you know, we released it on the phone lines as soon as we knew that we'd been, you know, been compromised. It was out on the phone lines. Um, and then people just, just, you know, we called all the ticket agents send everyone sure. down now bring the convoys um yeah and um yeah that was carnage and the police have basically surrounded there was a perimeter fence in heston around the edge of the warehouse and the police has essentially surrounded that and people were making breaks for the <laughs> fence it was like rather than trying to trying to escape from from somewhere people were trying to um, break in yeah <laughs> for sure i've done it myself Police were, saying, <laughs> police were saying dogs on them and everything. I mean, it was really mad. Yeah, I've done it myself. And actually, and actually inside the party, uh, at one point, um, a little bit earlier on in the party, before it got completely packed, um, we thought that the police were going to come in. They put, their, sure. they put their riot gear in. We were like, oh, they're coming in, they're coming in. And uh, who, who was emceeing? So whoever was emceeing, like, got everybody into the middle of the, into the, middle of the warehouse wow. in preparation for this kind of conflict. And it was all quite intense. Wow. Um, and then they decided that they weren't going to do it and off went the party. And um, 
I and that and that's I the thing left in the boot of my car Excellent. Um, <laughs> being driven in the boot uh, out in the boot of my car at whatever time it was lunchtime the next day yeah that's happened to me as well dude out, <laughs> having to be driven out in the boot of the car that's right you don't get them stories anywhere but um and, and, and then so, actually from that party well yeah, two yeah. things happened one you know we thought oh great we made a bit of money and of course uh, and reputation we'd employed realized how much money we're making so suddenly here's the other thing went up so they they they, they took a little bit of extra tax office um, yeah and then <laughs> to put uh, it politely so they worked longer than they expected yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not you know because normally it's like you know they only do two or three it hours, was actually but... it was i mean you know to be fair to them they they essentially kept the party going i mean you were essentially paying you were paying the yeah. security not not to um you know they 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 were responsible for essentially helping you make sure the party happened and they well, were very, they were very us. they were they were very not good for at us it. they were yeah <laughs> yeah they were only responsible for making sure we didn't get robbed and that's it you know yeah, yeah, like, yeah, right. your only reason the, you're the here week, the following week <laughs> cancelled party is the same as getting robbed yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> no totally. money for the security yeah, yeah. exactly you know <laughs> yeah, but the, the, the following week um i get a knock at the door from from the police and uh but really nice place when he goes oh hi, hi jeremy um, um you wouldn't mind just coming down to, to answer a few questions uh, uh and yeah he's been very nice and I, i've always tried to have a you know a, 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 a civil relationship yeah, yeah. and i'll say yeah yeah no problem so and they put me into the back of a and me a section de chevaux yeah, in the back of the Sitchin de Chavaux, which is their undercover police car, with a smiley face <laughs> sticker on the back. With, with their, no way. Two really friendly policemen who then drive me around to like Clapham Police Station, but they can't get the recording equipment to work there, and then then to Battersea Police Station, all these different police stations, and they just interview me. And I just was really honest with them, say, look, you know, we're sure. just trying to do parties legally and we, we try and you know make it as safe as possible and all the rest of it which and, is all true as well yeah, yeah and, and at the end of it they go oh, thank you very much and that was it and then months later uh, i'm driving off to someone else's uh warehouse party and um and i bump into them they're like, oh hi jeremy are you off to this party <laughs> yeah we're trying to find out where it is too and, <laughs> and that was the sort of the she was wearing dungarees, wasn't she? Yeah, yeah but that oh, was the no. nicest place. Yeah, yeah, the... she was wearing dungarees, and in the 2CV, there was a smiley face sticker in the back. I mean, you literally couldn't make it up. Yeah. No way, it, was, it was brilliant. But the police were always very respectful to us, actually. Yeah. Um, you know, I've I suppose you get what you give out, really, because you guys were really respectful to them as well. And I mean, I guess, I guess most of the policemen, given that they have more problems with a pub with 100 people in it, than they do with a party with 10,000 in it. They were, cause you know, remember in the beginning, they were like happy to let it go on. You know, they come, they check your health and safety. They want to know, do you have fire exits? Do you have illuminated fire exit signs? You know, have you got a few yeah. fire yeah. extinguishers? You know, I mean, there was never, there was never any aggro until we did a party at the Academy and- Yeah, you know, and the gangsterism. Well, the thing is- And, you know, somebody got stabbed in one of our parties, but it wasn't until like 1990 that that happened. Yeah, and it had changed. Everything had changed. The music had changed. You know, the, course, you the know, drugs had also, changed. We were also in, in a, you know, in a licensed venue in Bristol. Sure. You know, but, the, but the thing is though, and, and again, you know, 1990, that's all after all, because you remember once all that press came out, 
especially for you guys as well, because obviously you and Energy and Sunrise were at the top of that chain. When the newspapers were saying that you're raking in a half a million quid a party, I mean, you're just attracting all of the wrong people, aren't you? And then suddenly you're presented you with, that's what I'm saying. And suddenly you're presented with all these different gangs and you don't know which gang do I go with? Who's the baddest or how do they work this out? But I know that you had some of those uh, isms as well, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the sort of start of it was when uh, it was August. It's just coming up to the uh, Effingham Energy Summer Festival. And that's at the height of things, yeah. 1989, yeah. you know. And, and, uh, and there's a knock at the door. Uh, at your office or yeah, at the venue? At, yeah. at my office. Yeah. Uh, and these two guys come in and they've got, they've got big long coats on and it's August. Uh, and they're definitely tooled up underneath. Sure. And I've got one of our ticket sales guys from uh, East London is there. Um, so he's got bags of cash with him. Uh, well, no, he, okay. he, he, he just had tickets. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> and I think the whole thing was a setup. He, he was there. Right. Uh, and they push him about a bit and go, right, who's doing the party? And I said, it's me. He says, well, uh, if you want it to happen, you need to sort us out. Um, otherwise, it's not happening. Okay. Um, and off they go. And and uh, the East London ticket sales guy goes, oh, yeah, I, I, think, I, think, <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, uh, I think I know someone who might be able to sort it out for you. Uh, so, uh, Classic. Driving, driving down to East London. So it was my, an East Ender. Yeah, uh, <laughs> on, on my own. Uh, on, son. Picking this guy up uh, uh, as I got to the East End, driving to some pub, and it was like a scene from a from the sort of crazed movie. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. These, these two old boys are there with their uh, pints of bitter and their slippers on, but they're sort of old school gangsters. Totally. And, and they go. Uh, they go, yeah, yeah, yeah. We think we think we know who it might be. Yeah, it's it's gonna get a bit messy, but we we can get it sorted out. It's gonna cost it'll cost you thirty grand. I'm thinking, Up front. I'm thinking, well, I I don't even know whether I'll make that from the party, whether it will happen, or you know, you just it was that totally. time yeah, where yeah. you would make a load on one party and lose it on the next, and all the rest of it. And, yeah. And, and, that, want... and you lose it on the next because the yeah. police are out to stop the parties, yeah. so the police would get to the parties, and you know. So but sorry, I didn't, I didn't, I, I didn't feel I could just sort of say no, no, that's far too much money, no way. Uh, so I sort of make up some excuse. Oh well, uh, let, let me have a think about it. I'll have to check with my business partner. He goes, well, you've got a phone there. Ring him. It's over. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> sort of, uh, As anyway, on top, phone you know, him like, now. It's so kind of you. So that sounds like a wonderful deal, but I'll have to get back to you. And so I got out of there. I thought, yeah, you know, uh, and, and and basically just just left it. And months later, I got a call going, uh, yeah, we're still waiting for the money. We went into town. Now you owe them thirty grand. It, it got a bit messy, uh, but we are still waiting for the money. I was like. Uh, right okay and just put the phone down and that was, <laughs> it was all they, they just saw you know yeah an opportunity a couple of uh you know kids but you did end like up upgrading targets, i tell you easy targets yeah but they were wrong because i mean you guys you did upgrade your security didn't you, you, well, didn't you did you have sas well, guys as, at one as point as soon as that happened i yeah. uh, a, a friend of my father's um and he said right i've sorted out a meeting for you i went up to uh palmal to the SAS uh, wow. headquarters. 
Wow. Um, and had a meeting. They sent a team down. They were like, right, put grills on those windows, put this here, put that there. Um, and he, he, here's your 24 hour security guard. And they gave me this guy called Tack, who is uh, uh, not just a legend in the SAS. There, there was an article in the papers the other, a few years ago, the top 100 wow. uh, sort of, uh, people from the army over the last 100 years. And he's wow. one of them. Uh, he, he, he was in some amazing battles of like, wow. serious bravery. Uh, and and, someone and said, he was your bodyguard. What, what happens if someone you know comes at you with a with a gun or something? And goes, oh, I've got the machine gun in the in the boot of the car. <laughs> he was literally, you know, <laughs> and he means it. <laughs> he was there twenty four hours a day. Grenades on me. Um, and then don't worry, son. They I've were very cool as well. These guys. They yeah, were yeah. Really, cool they were really, really good company. They weren't. It wasn't like having. They were fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah they were and, fun. and then with with the actual raves. We'd have our sort of street security who knew how, how the form worked with... Of course, the street guys. Which was really important. Yeah. But to make sure they didn't suddenly turn on you. Because they're the that. ones who turn on everybody. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we then had our own SAS security who would look after us. Okay. And, and after the money. Basically, mm. from that point, the sort of problems went away. Yeah, so yeah. Kind of I'm not surprised. Well yeah. But I don't know if you want to talk about or mention there, because I remember one, because that was the thing. I just want to explain to people about when parties, they did get cancelled because, you know, at this point, most of the parties were illegal and illegal meant that you had no license. And that's all it really meant, you know, because some of the guys like you guys, you would be in legal venues, you know, like you would pay an owner to be in a venue. But most of the time it meant illegal. So, well, we'd the, also... We'd also um, make sure that we had a directory of everybody that was supposed to be coming into the thing, uh, uh, into yeah. the party, because actually it was pretty grey area licensing back then. So we would totally basically we would have a mailing list, um, and yeah. a list of everybody that bought a ticket, and we would yeah. say that they were which made it a private of, club of the, of the Karma Club, which was our you know Karma Productions the name of the company, and uh, everybody was a signed up member, and yeah. You could, really technically legally have a private party for members without requiring a license yeah and, and i mean and that's what that's that, how we did that too yeah. <laughs> and actually we we ran our we ran the premise of running our events and we would have a qc on site uh and when we did effingham and the police came in and and uh, tried to shut us down we had a qc engage them and demand that, and demand that they wake up the judge at midnight Excellent. to get a ruling on this because actually legally we were within our rights and the amount of time that that Queen's councillor on site bought us, we were able to get 10,000 people into the venue and it, and it went off. So then it was too late to stop. But yeah. I have really that because, because you, you've gone from, you know, because obviously the, the parties got more successful. There was a bigger weight coming down from government and from law enforcement. There's weights coming down from security teams who now want all your money because they think you're earning hundreds of thousands of pounds a party. <laughs> So, so the heat is really on in every, every, every direction you turn. And in amongst that, you still have to produce your parties. Mm. Yeah. You know? And A, it's, it's getting more and more difficult to find a venue. It's more and more difficult to find a venue. Yeah. And so then you have to hit the road. Yeah. And, then you, and then you meet all these different types of characters that have got venues. And... Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, there was one time I, I went on this sort of tour looking at venues. And I went up to one in Suffolk and uh, that the owner was like, absolutely no way. You, you, you're not using this venue. 
uh, and then a few months later, the Dance 89, which was the, the, the energy we did at the end of, uh, of, of September. Which was a huge party, yeah. Uh, which we, we'd found a venue in Surrey. We're yeah. getting, getting it all set up. Police helicopters descend. They basically tell everyone, look, uh, we will arrest you. We see you again. Um, we get told that the, the, the party's yeah, been raided and we s tell all the lorries you know, with the sound system and the generators and uh, you know, all the other production stuff sure. just to get onto the M25, just keep going around in circles. Or park Excellent. Up until <laughs> just so people know, I mean, you're not talking about a few guys in vans. No, You're no, talking about full productions, articulated trucks, and these and guys are just driving around the motorway, yeah. just waiting for a phone call. And, well, yeah, and we've sold 20,000 tickets, and I'm in my car. Uh, I think Tintin was in the office, sort of keeping things going there, yeah, just keeping the phone lines up sure. to date. They look, you know, uh, it, yeah, yeah, it's on, it's on, it's on, it's on. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's happening, but we can't release the venue yet. And I'm literally driving around the M25. I'm ringing people up saying, do you know? And we're literally using all of our contacts to try and find a venue. Yeah. We know that all these people have, have bought tickets. They're desperate to go raving. Yeah, all the, you know, all the DJs are booked, the acts are booked, all that sort of stuff. It's insane. Yeah. And it's then, like a, yeah, then at one o'clock, one o'clock in the, in the middle of the night, one o'clock, I get the call saying, yeah, we've got a venue in Suffolk. Yeah. Um, and we dispatch the whole team up there and the, the first people that get there um, and they're, they're ahead of the sound system, they get there and, and one, one of them goes, oh, uh, I've just seen a police car drive around and said, look, what, whatever it takes, just make sure they do not uh, find Stop this for uh, sure. You have to go and break his aerial on the back of his car so he can't communicate, whatever, <laughs> to make sure, uh, anyway. Uh, and it was still quite innocent, although you yeah, make yeah, these yeah, suggestions, no, it was still innocent. It wasn't no, you know, yeah. it wasn't out of anger. It was like, yeah, stop them, you know, block them, yeah. lie down in front of the vehicle, do whatever you have to. Yeah, so the, everyone gets to the venue at about six in the morning, so it's Sunday mm, morning. I remember, I was there. Yeah, and, yeah. And I, I refused to leave London until I'd heard the first yeah, record. It's, it's on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the not trouble stopped. was, the, the generator got stuck in the traffic behind the ravers. So they couldn't, they couldn't start until the generator got through. Anyway, it got yeah. through and it, and it went off. And actually I was, I was showing you, my two daughters. And I went forward to near the end of the video, because uh, it's quite a long one. And there's these three cars burning. And, yeah, that's right, I remember. And, yeah, and I think it was just, just probably someone threw a cigarette somewhere yeah. until it set light. So you dry uh, glass, grass. There's no yeah. panic. But everyone's still sort of raving with they these were, I cars. remember. They were just moving their cars over. Yeah, and then the, and then the, and then yeah. the fire engines driving through as well. Then the fire the engines. It, uh, yeah. You know, but I tell you about that party. Yeah. So we're in there, and so obviously it's it's light, so you can see everything, right? Yeah. So the party's going off. You know, and a load of people climbed up on on those those roofs. They had some temporary structures in there. No, that, that, was sound sound system. Sound system. that was the sound system. On no, sound over in the corner. The yeah, no, no, not where the lorries were. This was, oh. a, this, this was oh, some yeah, kind of yeah. structure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. it was over yeah. in the corner. Yeah. yeah. Sort of behind the stage. Well, no, because the stage was kind of back there. And right, then right, you had okay. back at the other end of the warehouse. And the reason yeah. I remember it so well is there was a load of people, they climbed up on it and it wasn't very secure. 
So I went over and I said, because you remember, even when we were at one another parties, you still kind of had your promoter hat on. Yeah. And it's like, if that comes down, it's over for all of us, isn't it? Yeah. You know? So I went over and I told everyone to get down off of the roof. That was all fine. They all got down. It was fine. And about 20 minutes later, I'm standing, I'm dancing away, you know, whatever. And then this two really, this couple came up to me, really straight looking couple. In fact, farmer-like looking couple, a man and a woman. They came straight up to me and remembering there was thousands of people there. You know, they came right up to me and they said, this is your party. I said, no. I said, this isn't my party. He said, yes, it is. Someone over there has told us this is your party. And I said, well, it's not my party, you know. And so they went off. But when the story came out, because it was all in the papers the next day, wasn't it? Yeah. So or, or on the Monday or, you know. But when the stories came out, they had a picture of the owners and it was that man and woman. It was, <laughs> it was them. You know, I was like, oh, no, they came up to me, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was a great party, man. That was a great, even though it, was, all, it was also it was great. It was also, I think, um, I might be wrong, but I think that was the last big illegal party. Oh, uh, yeah, I think. yeah, and and you yeah. know, the idea of you know, these cars burning and the absolute chaos, and just you know, how difficult it was, it really, how difficult it was to get off, and then how big it was when it happened. And sure, it was like we, we went from like Westway Film Studios, where it was like the most amazing production in the world, to managing to get two 40 foot low loader sound systems and that was all that was there Quite just sad. two massive Quite right sad. and left sound systems um, and it's kind of we've gone full circle within six yeah. months yeah didn't need but didn't need lights now <laughs> no well it started at 6 a.m so. yeah, but what, what was amazing about that party is you know i think smiley culture was meant to be sorting out all the music and acts and everything and he he, he was pretty useless but sure we still had this long list of DJs and acts and everything that was meant to be playing. Um, and obviously half of them couldn't make it because, you know, the venue well, was six in the morning as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. But still, yeah, a lot of top DJs still went to it and played. Of course, they want to be there. But, but there wasn't a single complaint of people going, well, I've paid 20 pounds for my ticket and you yeah. said that so-and-so was going to play honestly i don't think the line people people no, never cared they just wanted didn't. to be part mm. of something amazing but it wasn't, it, was, about, yeah. it wasn't about the lineup no no, no one cared ever. no one it even was never knew. about the lineup and um, you, if you remember rightly it, it, this is way before the super dj thing it was like no one cared no one because we had no mcs at our parties either so the reality is unless you know what that dj looks like you wouldn't know what DJ's playing anyway, you know? Yeah, yeah. And in those days, you know, before social media, before the internet, you know, before camera phones, you, no one knew, unless you was industry, you, you didn't really know what all these insiders looked like, you know? Uh, no um, one knew what you guys looked like, you know? So, which is in contrast to now with social media and all that stuff. Course. But and, and with the music as well, yeah. actually most of the DJs were all playing the same records because they yeah. just, there weren't, there wasn't a huge amount of music. I mean, there wasn't sure. a lot of music being released, but essentially, you know, you'd hear, you'd hear the same records. The same songs. And it was triggers, wasn't it, as well? It's triggers. You know, like there's some DJs that were beginning to develop their own sound back then, yeah. but actually they hadn't really. It, yeah, it was new. It was new. It was new and... And it was all about the music. It wasn't about mixing. It wasn't about the DJ. No one cared, you know, like a lot of our first parties, all it said was top DJs. It, we didn't even name DJs. You know, that's something that came a lot later as the, as the industry changed. And as, as everyone went back into the clubs, that's when that super DJ kind of emerged out of that, wasn't it? I mean, obviously the music was vital. 
Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Well, that, that, and, yeah. and the people that were religiously playing at our parties and everywhere, people like Fabian Grubrider. All the top know, boys, yeah. You know, the top boys, you know, they they were delivering amazing music. For sure. Um, for sure. But, and I'm going to get them on the The podcast. general public yeah. didn't really, the people on the inside knew. Yeah, we know, all we're knew. We hanging out, right? We're all hanging yeah. out with Fabio and this lot and we're having a great time. But majority of the punters didn't know. Who, didn't yeah, they didn't know. And that's why it didn't really matter. You know, it's like, if you see like... You know, if Paul, when when Paul Oakenfold plays out, for example, now, yeah, you just see it's just a sea of cameras, just camera lights, just filming him. It's just insane, you know. There'd be like three, four hundred people just filming him. No one's dancing. <laughs> They're just standing there, just like wow, you know. You gotta wonder how it feels, you know. It's like wow, and and the contrast between Spectrum, you know, <laughs> Land yeah, of no, Oz, to like now of all these camera phones in your face you know well, where possible we always tried to have the production in the middle of the dance floor yeah not at the front of it yeah so with the first energy party we put the, we put the 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 the, the, the um, temple in the middle of the dance floor with sure uh, with, with, i remember yeah. and that encourages uh, people to all be all around it, academy it? Stuff, all of the all of the production was over your head in the middle of the dance floor we very rarely put everything on stage anytime when we really did stage focused stuff was when we were doing live shows like 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 the Live dance concept that we did at that, that we did at um, uh, at the Docklands, but even then, actually, sure. most of the production was hanging above above the dance floor. Sure. And and it seemed as if you had spent that money on um, the the DJs, the lineup that you had there, because I'm at the um, the Docklands Arena. Oh yeah, it was ridiculous. We had like Snap and Black Box, yeah, and State, and <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it was, it was that was pretty ahead of its time that party. Um, it was, and it, it was. Good I mean, it wasn't very successful as a party, no. but as a, no. as a, you know, as well, a. You tried. I mean, as a foretaste of we we tried to do something that was legal, something during the day, something that was live focused. Yeah. Um, and we put, you know, a lot of them were very cheesy when I look back at it now. But I mean, it was. No, but you were trying, Jeremy and I. We were discussing it earlier, and that move into the Docklands Arena. I mean, that was a big move in terms of legalization and legalizing party promoters and dance parties and so i mean you know i got arrested at that party oh did you yeah <laughs> quite, a few, quite a few people did yeah yeah you know but um but i still understood what you were trying to do and obviously this it was a brand new venue in london it was the biggest venue in london as well wasn't it at the time docklands arena it was owned by frank warren who was a who's a famous boxing promoter yeah and and so i, I didn't blame you for doing that but i, I guess once you understood what it involved yeah once you saw you know, like mental. days later when you heard about all the police that were there and yeah. you know yeah, yeah. Like, oh, and just mate. the cost to put it on as well i mean it yeah was, yeah because obviously you would have had to pay that police bill too wouldn't you hey we both even if it was unconsciously even if you didn't know it i well, mean actually, that... no, back back then you didn't have to pay the police oh, okay. bill. Oh, okay. it was just before and right. i think it was uh it was the next it's sort of fantasia and those rays that yeah. but i think james perkins from fantasia he was so pissed off about getting a 20 grand police bill he paid it in one penny pieces and made them count it all classic <laughs> classic excellent excellent and so you know one of the things that people always ask me about is they always ask me about the secrecy of it all you know and you guys were one of the people that first started using the phone the phone lines and the the premium phone lines because it, they wasn't even a thing back then, was it? 
yeah. you know, it's like no one was using those premium phone lines for anything else. It became popular and we started seeing them in the newspapers. But people were using them for chat. Yeah. So people were using them for chat, chat back in, you know, back in, you know, 1988, you know, you could call these things and you could chat with other people and pay like a pound a minute or whatever you were paying. Right. Sure. Um, they weren't used so much for information and it was really, it was Tony Colson Hater that had the, you know, the he was the first guy. Yeah. In his yeah. idea of basically putting his, putting his venues um, behind these phone lines and he probably made more money out of those than he did actually. Yeah, and we throwing the parties. Well, you know, it was a good move because we wanted. Obviously, we all wanted those numbers because you know it was a, that we were using meeting points. And I remember we used them for one party, and you know, David kind of called them up and said, "Mate, you better stop that." <laughs> so that was the end of our deal. We ended the, up using the phone their line. phone lines, didn't we, Jeremy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We 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 had a deal with with sunrise that we, we would rent their oh, phone that's how they did it yeah rent that's them. how they did it yeah because yeah. i remember on the day, them. <laughs> yeah 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 that's what i mean because on the day we it was a we were biking we're just by courier he would have the details we didn't even have a phone number that we could call we literally had to bike the details over to them and then they would put it on the line but i'm um, just just for some people who might who might not know what we're talking about what we're talking about is the different stages of Acid House was in, in the beginning, there was meeting points. And as the parties grew and they got bigger, their meeting points became a bit of a, a disaster for the party promoters because a lot of the time the meeting points would be close to where the venue was. So once the police found out where the venue, where the meeting point was, you know, they would do like a search within 10, 20 miles of that meeting point. And a lot of the time they will end up finding your warehouse. So the next leap from that was using these premiership phone lines and you printing that on your tickets. And then what happened is at a certain time, people phoned this number and then this number gave them the address of where the party is. Um, but talking about tickets, yeah, there was one thing that we did take got from you guys and that was the tickets that you used to print with your man um, in St. Albans, Falconer Press. <laughs> Do you remember him? Yeah, 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 yeah. You remember him, um, the Falcon Press ago, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah cause basically, because basically, because the thing was, uh, so as these parties got massive, we had lots of problems with forgeries, didn't we? You remember? Yeah. All these different firms, they were forging tickets. Um, and so what you guys did, you was using Falcon and Press, and Falcon and Press, his name was Nigel, and he had this small little hut thing in St. Albans. But when you go in the hut, and it was literally this small little hut. When you go in there, he would have all these tickets hanging, you know, hanging everywhere, drying and things like that. But it would have been Michael Jackson tickets. You know, it was always major artists. You know, it was always like Michael Jackson and those level of people. And what he had at Falcon and Press was he had, he was the only person in the world to have the, wa the watermarks that he had. Yeah. yeah, and it was the coloring as well. And um, we, one day we saw one of your tickets and we were like, oh, we, this is the one, you know? So we went and we contacted him and then he started making our tickets. And, and the thing with the forgeries is no one could get that color of ink either, could they, you know? And obviously no one could get that paper. Yeah. yeah. So that was one of the things that we took from you guys, you know? We had, you know, same tickets on the same level as Michael Jackson. <laughs> and do you remember as the years went on, yeah? Well, now I'm thinking about it. When I say as the years went on, this was in the space of like three, four years. 
he actually improved because he got to that point where he was actually embedding watermarks or whatever you wanted. You can do your name in there that you could see under UV. Do you remember when he started doing that? Yeah, and no, it, we had we had UV embossed tickets, yeah. Yeah, so that was UV embossed tickets, you know. So and it was Nigel. I bet it was Nigel. Because you yeah, did use him a lot, you know. Yeah. But yeah. um You're yeah, a better, so that, better memory than me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I just you know, it's just it's just something that stood out. So one of the other things that stand out, right? Is was it wasn't you guys remember when this whole freedom to party thing happened? And wasn't you guys or was you Jeremy? Wasn't you part of the what, what was it, the ADDRP? That the Association of Dance Party Promoters. Uh, yeah, I think we all sort of signed yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all tried it, didn't we? I mean, yeah, yeah, so old Stainsy, he kind of yeah. pulled the wall over our eyes on that one, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um, I mean, that was a. I mean, that was a good party as well, though. I mean, forgetting about the march, the march, the the demonstration at Trafalgar Square, because you was there, wasn't you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And yeah. obviously, do you remember that night? We, you know, we we end up breaking into that venue. It was not wasn't us. Uh, yeah. personally but I think it was uh, Tarquin was it Tarquin that got the building that night I can't I can't remember I think it was Tarquin yeah, that got the so I remember when we got the call yeah <laughs> but you remember Keith you know my partner Keith yeah yeah we were breaking into this building you know in in on this industrial estate on in the east end you know and we, we were literally we just kicked out this window <laughs> and we're literally just climbing through and the phone rings you know and it's Tony and he says oh We've got a venue now, and it was Slough, or not Slough, but it was, it was somewhere like that. Do you remember? It was quite far away. Yeah. And um, so we got that call, you know, so we kind of left everything. It was just like, okay, and we rushed down there. And I remember as soon as we got to the venue, I remember um, Tarquin coming up to us. Do you remember Tarquin, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah Weekend World. I remember he came up to me and said, um, you know, have you got 500 quid because... Uh, the pikey that owns the fairground rise, he's just pulled a shotgun out on me <laughs> yeah. and said, I ain't because he had the, the, the he had a load of um hot dog stands and food stands in there in the building. Right. You, you remember? And uh so that was quite funny, you know. And so we had to pull up pull up the money for him. I might be getting the, the venues mixed up actually. But the freedom to party thing, I mean, do you remember at that time we all felt quite positive about it, didn't we? Yeah, we felt yeah. like no, this is something that can actually happen. It can actually work because you remember, part of our thing was that we didn't have a platform to enable to show people that we wasn't all these evil acid house barons that the newspapers were making us out to be, because you know the the newspapers had demonised us to such to lo such low extremes in in terms of. You know, when they were saying that, you know, they're selling drugs to underage kids and all of this stuff, you know, it, it really wasn't doing the scene any good at all, you know. So yeah. to happen to, so to watch the scene grow into what it did into such a small amount of time, but the part of it, the, the, the small little cog parts of it, which was the ADR, AD, D, ADD, PR, HOVE, <laughs> the, the Association of Dance Party Promoters. Um, with that, we actually felt it could do something. We actually felt it could help. And part of me still thinks that it might have helped. But what it did highlight is it highlighted um, later club licensing. And so I think it done a huge amount for that. But I think that by the time all of that came around, you know, your energies, your sunrises, your genesis, there was just no way we were going to get licenses. No. <laughs> They're yeah, like, no. We, we, we set it up for the likes of 
Fantasia yeah. and uh, for everyone other, that came after. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and and they, the festival they, they for... had a clean slate. Whereas if any of us went to try and get a license, they yeah. just say, Oh yeah, but you did that illegal part totally. of criminal record for this. And even with... in the venues, you know, they would go and scale the owners, you know, so the owners would call you up yeah. and say, No, I can't do the event. I mean, they really knuckled down on us. But when you look I mean, back we, at we, the lads, we yeah. I mean we did end up doing seven or was it nine parties at the at the academy so actually yeah, yeah we did one a month but yeah it's, it's certainly yeah i think we we did one a month through both 1990 well, no, 89 into end 90. of 89 we did 89 new year's 90, eve 90 into 91 nice. uh and then yeah and then we did a number of parties 1991 so we did adapt um and and what happened because something happened didn't it but between 1991 did it so was it, did someone yeah, we come got, in? We got we got we got involved with um, yeah with, that North with, London that that uh, Northern firm was it? Yeah, and then although, they kind of then he kind of snatched it, did he? They kind of took it, did he? Well, we just gave up on it. We just yeah, you gave up like, on we, it because at that point we just can't, we can't we can't we can't work with gangsters basically. Can't work with gangsters, but not can't only that, the scene had kind of died anyway. Scene had died. Yeah. We'd all lost. We'd all lost. Yeah. I mean, like you know. And so what we're talking about is to get killed as well. Yeah, because um, and and and, because, and they were very messy. Yeah. yeah. Well, they wasn't. Sorry, I'll take that back. They wasn't getting killed. But the fact is that the people that we're talking about, they were robbing banks for ten thousand pounds, you know, and post offices for ten thousand pounds. So when they look at the likes of you guys, they look at the likes of us. You know, running around with flowers in our hands, saying we love everybody, drinking water. You know, we 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 come across as easy targets. Well, you know? we we got introduced to these guys through a very good friend of mine who I, you know, um, who I'd known for you know since I was sixteen. Um, and actually, this firm was attached to this guy's family um, who lived up north. So it kind of it came in a little bit unexpectedly. Actually, it wasn't sure. It wasn't, it wasn't that we needed protection or we, it was actually. No. More, more of an investment we needed money to go and do some of these things they had connections up north we didn't quite understand exactly what we were getting ourselves into until we we're into it too deep and it's sure. it's because it came from a, a a point of it was a friend yeah 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 it yeah, caught your guard threatening at the time yeah and it just turned guard. out you know you know the deeper we got on with these guys the more oh, it was scary scary, but they were yeah. just really annoying <laughs> <laughs> and you know they do things like you know nobody would get paid we'd do a party and they wouldn't pay, we wouldn't want to pay anyone yeah not Which good is just like when you're when you're doing that and you just you know then the vibe's gone everything's stressful everything you know, and we were just like you know what give us some money take the brand off our hands yeah because it's not like you can force them and then and then you know one of them ended up getting killed um, yeah. over, over a book of tickets that that somebody had um stolen at one of our parties yeah uh, yeah Came back well, that's the thing. Him. He beat the guy up and came back to bite him two years later. The guy shot him. Well, that's the thing. You, you know, you, you know, I think I think two or three people died over one yeah. of the Yeah. And the thing is, the, the people <laughs> I mean, that died, they, they wasn't necessarily people like us. They were no, they were no. bullies, you know, they were bullies, yeah. you know, um, not to speak ill of the dead. But yeah. And so so at that point, because I remember because then it changed, didn't it? Because then they started doing lots of because because yours was originally Karma Productions, wasn't it? And then what, what did they call it? Then they called it like Karma Sutra or something, didn't they? <laughs> so they it's tried, do you remember? And they, they, all, they mimicked. It's all a little bit fuzzy. I mean, when I look yeah, back. Yeah, because when lot, you look at some of the flyers nowadays, you can actually tell which flyers were them. 
Yeah, well, they yeah. all they did is they 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 copied they mimicked them. yours. Yeah, yeah. They copied. They just copied them and printed them in a different. In yeah, a, and they co- they copied them and they printed or, them, or but whatever. they called themselves rather than call themselves Karma Productions, they called themselves like Karma Sutra. Yeah. So I mean, all they, their, didn't, they, they yeah. only they only did that. I mean, I think they were doing it for a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would have seen a diet. It had changed anyway. And so when you look back, lads, yeah. When you look back, sorry, go on, Jeremy. No, no, I think they did stuff at the Quadrant Park and places. Yeah, up north, like um, Eclipse and places like that. We we, we did we did the Eclipse. Yeah. Um, and they and they became involved around about that time that we were doing Eclipse. Yeah, I think they Uh, basically they took they took Eclipse basically, didn't they? (laughs) They took it off. Remember, because there were two nice chaps, Barry and Baz. Do you remember them? Yeah, right. The Eclipse guys, yeah, you know, yeah. they were they were nice chaps, they were, you know. And in one week we went down there. I was with DJ Rap, you know. Mm. And we went down there and it was like you know, they were big lads. I know the lads you're talking about, you know, they were big lads. Stuart, like, Stuart and Baz. Everything has changed. No, not Stuart and Baz, <laughs> but the guys who took over, the security guys that took over. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Those big lads, you know the ones. <laughs> you know, so they were like at the desk, and they were just massive, and we'd been dealing with Baz and Stuart, that's right, sorry, Baz and Stuart. We've been dealing with them all that time. And so mm. suddenly these big geese were saying, it's all changed. You know, you ain't getting the money that you was meant to get and all this stuff. And I remember DJ Rap, she just, she wasn't standing for it at all, you know, and she just kicked off. Just said to my, you know, kicked off with the guy. Because I think he called her she or something like that. You know, he phoned someone backstage and said, yeah, she's here or something. And she was like, what? She kicks off and I'm thinking, would you just be quiet? You're just going to get my head kicked in, right? And and that's when we realised it all changed. And it was like, oh, they fucking kicked him out. But so when you look back, lads, yeah, what really stands? I mean, you obviously got no regrets, yeah? Yeah. 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 Because cause a lot of the people, they try and say that the bigger promoters were in it for the money, you know? And I know you guys and I know you guys wasn't in it for money. And I was saying to Jeremy as well, you know, I'm sure that if you guys did another similar thing to gate crash a ball with a thousand people or 2000 people drinking champagne all night, you could have made that money that you made doing these raves anyway, doing these, you know, parties. I hate calling them raves. I hate that name, that word, you know? So, so it's almost like, and I, cause I know you, I know you guys did it for the love, you know? So what really stands out for you guys about that period? Cause I know you both got loads of things to do. So, we, we can kind of finish it up and just say what really fucking for me it was just it was just it was just the time it was the environment yeah. it was the hedonism it was the, the the community you know meeting all of these amazing people from different backgrounds different ethnicity you know being thrown into a completely different world um that was very loving and very fun um and and safe uh, for a while and safe really safe you know really safe and just you know really experiential just amazing experiences um that despite how high everyone was and how high i was at the time you know all of that stuff is totally you know imprinted on my brain yeah, i, re- I, I remember say. remember all of our parties i remember all of the parties i went to yeah know, even when i was off my head i can still remember so well a lot of yeah. these experiences that i don't remember you know when i went on then to be a reasonably successful dj for a while and I was playing out every night of the week, three times a night, sometimes at the weekend. I don't remember any of that. Sure, sure. I, I remember you, dude. I don't remember you had, you had hair, hair past your shoulders. And, yeah, right. <laughs> but, you know, it was full of none energy. of that. I mean, none yeah. of that was particularly resonant. You know, there's something. Yeah. You know, some. You know, some events like you know, 
those he was really a lot of fun, mate. He was a lot of fun. Things like Universe would stick in your head as being something really, you'd remember it. But Yeah. But yeah. I think this was that, and that's why we remember it. That's why we remember it beyond the drugs, because it, 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 it seeped into every, into our essence, you know, and, and so it, it was well, way we were living it. drugs. We were yeah, living exactly, properly living you know? it. It was a, yeah. it was, it was a, it was a lifestyle and a movement. Yeah, uh, for sure. And I think yeah, it's just become more of a hobby, was, right? It, but the, it, it, the other right. thing that was great was yeah. the fact that, you know, normally we would be in competition with each other. Yeah, actually, yeah. All of us work together. That's know, true. And, and we, we, we all came together as one. That's true. And we, we wanted to make sure everyone's party happened. It's true. Um, and, and, you know, it, it was like us against the yeah. authority. We're all friends. Uh, yeah, 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 no, that's absolutely. totally true. Yeah. Because we all used to hang out with each other. Yeah, I mean, the amount of doors we kicked together. off with you guys, the amount <laughs> of doors you kicked off with us, and you're, you're totally right. And that's why when I was in your where at the party that time and I saw the people on the rooftop, it was like, no, you lot get down. You, you yeah, know? Yeah. Because we're all I looking should, out for I one another. Told, I should have told the police that it was you that did it. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, basically, the, the police after that party, they, they kicked my door in. No uh, way. I remember thinking, Oh, it's 6.30 in the morning. They're kicking the door in. That's good news. It must be police rather than gangsters. Because gangsters <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. later. Uh, yeah. Um, and they throw me in the back of the car and they drive me all the way to Ipswich. They, meanwhile, they're doing the same to Tintin's door. They're driving him to Ipswich. Well, and the thing is, you wasn't there that night, was you? So you I wasn't. I yeah, wasn't. No, no, so you I, both I, had I, good I, alibis, mate. So I, I, was like, was I wasn't clever. even there. I, yeah. I, was like, I wasn't there. And I said to Jeremy, just this time, just don't, don't say go. anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I had this useless solicitor who basically <laughs> said, oh, you're, you're better off sort of telling them. Because yeah, they, they had a lot of evidence that I was there and I was organizing it. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Mate. I, I landed up getting 240 hours community service. Oh, no uh, way. And, uh, and a sort of 500 quid fine. But the, the, the community service I did every Wednesday up in North London, which is great fun. So there was, fun, a, yeah. there was a special guest list um, at, at Fun City called the Gardening Club. So anyone that was doing community <laughs> service with me, and they were like, no way, dude, excellent. cars, selling drugs, all this sort of stuff. And they all got like 100 hours. I was on 240, and it was like, that's the most you can get before you get sent to jail. They were like, oh, yeah, no. You They're know, like you're a top boy, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I I avoided I avoided the uh, I avoided the conviction. Uh, yeah, good, good. Yeah, no, Jamie got the criminal record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I got they, I got convicted for the uh, the uh, Docklands Arena. I got, I got yeah, yeah. I got oh, I, right, I got a yeah. hundred quid fine. I never ever paid it. Yeah. What was it? Conspiracy to cause a public nuisance or something? No, this was at your. No, no, no. Jeremy's charge. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah, sorry, my, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So the the energy, well, both. Which is a big dance, charge. Dance eighty nine and and Effingham uh, Energy Summer Festival. I got arrested for as well, and they. Well, we got arrested for every party we did. Yeah, they got they, they they spent a fortune on. They, they paid legal aid for me, and they gave me a solicitor, a QC, a you know the, the huge wow. amount of of help with the case. Uh, and then they told me on the day in court, oh, I'm best to just plead guilty because I'll get a lesser sentence. And the judge looks at me in the dock and goes, Mr. Taylor, for conspiracy to cause a public nuisance. He did it all with a big smile on his face. So I thought, oh, maybe he's sort of <laughs> worried about it. It's going to be a hundred quid fine. He goes, nine months in jail. No way. And he leaves 
like a five second gap. And yeah. I was thinking, dramatic pause. And then he goes, suspended. And then he goes, suspended for two years. And then just like getting over that, and and uh, eight thousand pound fine, uh, which back in eighty nine was a lot of money. Anyway, it was a lot of money. We, a lot we, more we than the two grand fine they're doing now. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. yeah. if you yeah, remember yeah. back then, they they because you know people always talk about the criminal justice bill, and I always say to them, yeah, but hang on a sec, they had some type of bill before that because you remember in eighty nine they were saying to us it was if you got caught doing a party it was six months compulsory in prison. Yeah. And it was like 20 grand fine, or was it a 10 grand fine and all assets over 20 grand taken off of you? Yeah. So it's quite hefty, you know. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so do you think it could happen ever again? Do you think there'll be a third? Because I'll be honest, you know, um, in this over this summer, I got contacted by BBC. I got contacted um, by CNN and a few of the networks, CBS. And they, were, they all kept saying, Oh, you know, this is a third summer of love. Third summer of love. It's, what do, no, what do you think about it? You're like, it's third not, summer it's, of love. It's what not, are you talking not, about? Why <laughs> do you think this is, doesn't happen so frequently? Why do you think we're not on, you know, the tenth summer of love? These things don't happen. These things happen once in a generation. They don't yeah. happen overnight. And why do you think no one's even tried to say this is a third summer of love? But it was really weird how all of the news agencies were all synced around this third summer of love obviously come on you know yeah but um do you see it happening well, they again? missed the point haven't they no, i mean really because yeah. you know it's yeah. not just a reaction to people being locked up and there being no. No, no no legal venues open it's it's a little bit different from from can you imagine yeah if we had all of these social networks and you know we had the internet that and we had crazy. all of this then can you imagine how powerful we would have been but then yeah. then but then i don't think it would have had the the, I don't think it would have happened in the way that it happened. No, yeah. no. You know, everything is so easy for people now. Yeah, that's the thing with the phone. But they don't engage with it as much. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and they don't appreciate it, it because there. people are watching it through their phone. People had to fight to get to parties. Yeah. They had to, like, go through yeah. roadblocks and... Yeah, I mean, we had to fight so and, many times. And you had to have front. Fields. Yeah. You had to have front. Like, <laughs> that police line standing in front of you, yeah. it's like, I don't want to fight with police. I don't want to you know, be in any kind of confrontation with police, but behind that police line is <laughs> energy. <laughs> you know, and I want to go. <laughs> so I have to now, I have to run through this line, you know? So, and so when we, when we were doing that, you know, it was, it was done in a really fun way. It was never, and I say to people, because journalists will often say to me, um, yes, but that sounds very aggressive. I say, yeah, but, it was switched on and switched off. It was switched on for that brief period of time while you stand in front of that police line. And as you went past that police line, it was switched off and it was gone, yeah. Yeah. you know? And actually the majority of the people weren't, weren't even front. And people wasn't even like they, that. They, they were just following the security who were, who, were, who were marching them through the roadblocks. Yeah, yeah, me, and, and you know, I, I did that as well, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. At the front, like, come on. When we, the New Year's Eve party that we did 88 to 90, uh, 89 to 90 uh, we did it with biology sunrise got stopped up so they joined in but um i was a point oh yeah on that party yeah it was in slough in that panasonic building and we had i i led the convoy there and when i when i arrived at the convoy the building was surrounded by soldiers and police in, in an interlocked chain yeah and they had dogs you know yeah, so yeah, we, yeah. We, we we parked up and i got out and you know everyone 
came around me. It was like, it was really on top, you know, because suddenly I was like, when I saw all the soldiers, I just thought, oh, you know. So when everyone got out of their vehicles, they were all looking at me and I knew that it was on me. They need me to get everyone going, you know. So I gave them all this like speech basically about just saying, look, if we don't get through this line, it's over for acid ass parties. We're never going to be able to have an acid ass party again. And I'm saying, that, I'm going, you're going to come with me. And everyone's going, yeah, yeah. And so I just ran at this police line with everyone running behind me. And the police line just opened up basically, you know, and we ran. And when I got to the building, the police were low, the police were with my partners, Keith and Andy and Jarvis from biology. And they were loading our equipment into a van. <laughs> and I jumped up on this like there was this like loading dock and I jumped up and I just like you know fucking screamed out and you know the police just dropped everything there and then and then they left the building you know and then but to end that when I was leaving that building which is now like New Year's Day you know eight o'clock in the morning or something they had a police tea van outside you know with the, all the crests on it and everything else and they were given free tea up so I left that warehouse, the police, I'm walking past a thing, the policeman asked me if I wanted a cup of tea, you know, and I had a cup of tea and I was like, thanks so much, you know, happy new year, you know, and wandered off, you know, but, um, but whether that's going to happen again, it's, uh, I don't know how it's going to happen. Maybe, you know, it also, you know, it might happen like when we come to that period when everyone's, you know, part machine, you know, or when everyone gets chipped or something, might there might be some kind of synthetic way that we'd be have to connect in neurally to the world or something, you know. But it won't but, happen like it won't happen like that again. No, I mean. no, nothing can. It's the same way like the LSD movement of the seventies, isn't it? There's always something because, and that's what I say to people: to say, well, the difference with them and us is they had all that free love, you know. But by the time we come around, we, we'd already had HIV. And so that element wasn't open to us. So already it had changed. Because if you remember, it wasn't all about pulling loads of girls and, you know, pulling members of the opposite sex and going to have loads of sex, which you would think it would bring that out in loads. You know, you would think, hang on, 10,000 people on this love drug. Surely it was a mass orgy. But it wasn't about that at all. It was about that self-discovery, you know. And I'm sorry to keep bringing up conversations that would lead into much longer conversations. But I just want to say... I really appreciate you guys coming on the podcast, dude. Right. As it's, this is such a rare thing to have you both together like this, you know? Because, I mean, I know you guys that appear in That is true, actually. I don't it's think rare, we've done an interview of this length together, have we, Jeremy? No, no, I don't think we ever have. Oh, I see. There you go, you know? <laughs> and I think it was, like, important that it come from us, you know, because yeah. I know you dudes, you know, and I know where you're coming from, and I know what you were about back then, you know? And, it, and everything was such fun. And like what you see, you pointed out something that was uh, correctly, Jeremy, and that was we did all want to help one another. You know, it's like if you if energy got stopped, bring everyone to Genesis. Genesis gets stopped, bring everyone to energy. You know, the sunrise got stopped, and it's like, you know, I would say to Tony, I don't care how many people you come with. You know, just however many people, just come down. You know, bring hundreds of people. It doesn't matter because we were all helping one another out, and we I feel like. We need to get back to that, you know? We need to get back to that. And, and I think that currently with this identity politics, it's splitting everybody up into these small tribes, you know? And they're all fighting their own battles on their own front lines, but in these small tribes, you know? And I feel like we need to get back together again and we need to be 
one tribe. So I guess that's what we're kind of leaving it on. You know, let's get back to source. Let's get back to that one tribe. And do you think that you will ever stage? I mean, I suppose you're never going to say never, are you? You think you'll ever do any events like, well, well, I tell you what I always get asked all the time. What about an energy reunion? Will you, will you ever think about doing anything like that? We thought about it a lot. Um, we don't want to open up. Yeah. Yeah. Sexual issues with other people. That's maybe would, like a burning man or something. Personally, I'd prefer to do something collaborative. Yeah. With, with other promoters from the era and just do something that was kind of you sure. know, a collaboration rather than do it as an energy. Yeah. What about like um, like a burning? I mean, I have been, I've been planning planning something for about ten years and just okay. never really had the time to properly yeah. dedicate it to it. And um, and, uh, oh, and then last year, last year when I thought about doing something, um, I, I had like ten people all tell me that they were all doing something, and I was just like, you know, I don't want to get into this. I don't want to compete. Yeah, and that's also, the thing. I think there's one really important thing is that. I think almost it's impossible to recreate can't recreate what happened then. And there's a big part of me, you know, because I kept thinking, oh, maybe we'll do something, maybe we won't. And I look back at it and think, maybe we just leave it as this yeah. wonderful memory and and sort of just move move forward. Right, right, because I feel it's maybe it, it's it's well, it's like back. a retired fighter keep coming back to fight again, didn't yeah. he? You know? You know. yeah yeah it would have to be it would have to be very different to, yeah. to just trying to recreate what you did well that's uh, why i said burning man <laughs> something like that you know something just wild and fuck out there mad yeah. maxi you know mad yeah. venue but look I'll, I'll let you guys go again i really honestly i love you two yeah, guys. we're all getting to we could have a ballroom dance or something right <laughs> <laughs> Can you I mean, imagine I think about it, I was I was 18, 19 when we were doing energy, right? I'm now wow. 50. I'm now 50. But so yeah. there are people that were that were partying at our party that were 40. Crazy. Yeah. Right? Yeah, totally. Yeah, because it's that's why I said it wasn't all young now. people. Insane, dude. There, there's, and, there's, and there's 75 year olds out there that were at energy. And they've and you know, they've all infiltrated, you know, or TV, even radio. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Man, I mean you, you see the BBC have just done a new podcast. Oh I don't I've just been listening to it. Yeah, yeah, I was I on that. You're you're in it quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. No, I've only listened and, to like a couple of them. Tintin, have you have you heard it? No. What is it? So it's called Ecstasy, the Battle of the Rave. Yeah. And it's part documentary and part fiction. And it Which goes is... like fifteen minutes or thirty minutes. And so you've got bits with, you know, you've got the, there's a lot of the stuff in the Northern Raves. Uh, yeah. Wayne Which often it. gets missed out, doesn't it, you know? Yeah. But then it's got some top actors doing the fictional stuff. Yeah. But they've got they Adrian, the Evan Adrian Evanson is... Who's playing you? Who's playing you? <laughs> well, I think Adrian Evanson is playing a mixture between probably... Um, probably yourself and Tony and Tarquin, Tony and myself. You know, who's who's sort uh, of, you know, and then and then you've got the the drug dealer and you've got the you know, and it's actually I think it's really well produced. I do, I do. I'm I'm, trying, I'm getting them on the podcast. The producers, yeah. I'm getting them on. Yeah, the podcast. No, I was very and yeah. and the I was the impressed. Ones have been done. They've all been written by the same guy that does Barassic and Shameless and stuff like that. So yeah, it's yeah, impressive. Really good. A really good dramatic writer they've really pushed the boat out this time and that's why i said this is different to any bbc production they've ever done yeah you know they've yeah. never well, gone this or far it's, or, it's, or it's a tv 
it's a radio in fact i'm doing the the live uh radio tomorrow for them but but yeah no it's the best the most forward advanced thing they've ever done they've never taken it that far do you remember you know they don't even like you to say mdma on on Mm. one of their documentaries so so, there's a warning at the beginning of each one uh warning there will be a lot of talk of of ecstasy (laughs) (laughs) a lot of references to ecstasy yeah Excellent. But no, I mean, it, is, it is yeah really really well done so. it is really well done i'm going to get them on for sure mate because they, they want me to promote it so it's like okay this is how we're promoted you know yeah, yeah. but listen again lads unless you is there anything else you want to add no, 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 it's, Great. Uh, listen have to meet up for a beer when, when i'm in london definitely tell, yeah. you've got my number contact yeah. me anytime yeah. again really appreciate you guys being on i love you both and hopefully we can meet on a similar kind of platform sometimes yeah. in the future <laughs> yeah Loads of love, yeah? All right, take care, mate. Loads of love. See you soon. Do you think it's anything to do with a certain religion, do you think? No, it's more to do with a kind of a drug, isn't it? It's a drug. Well, those that take it want to be ashamed of themselves. According to the Sun, there were thousands of empty ecstasy wrappers littering the floor of the 250-foot-long hangar. Drugs, sex, sensation. Some newspapers have called Acid House Music a sinister and evil cult which lures young people into drug-taking. The message is certainly getting across. The organisers kept the location secret until the very last moment, which was the main reason, according to the papers, why there were so few police here and they were unable to act. Drug-crazed kids, some as young as 12, boogied for eight hours yesterday at Britain's biggest ever ecstasy bash. The party took place here, infiltrated by reporters from the Mail and the Sun. There's there's meant to be a drugs-related craze. What do you know about acid house music? It must affect the brain in some way. Unless it's just the music that does it. All them lights flashing don't do you any good either, do it? (laughs) I wouldn't even go in the pub where them lights are. Oh, no. They drive you mad.